Welcome, everybody, to Way of the Blade, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Schneider, author of Way of the Blade, 100 of the greatest bloody matches in professional wrestling history, and a writer on the Segunda Caída blog. I am here with my uh, good friend, Bucky Barnett, co-host of the Wrestling is Gross podcast, an all-around uh, amusing and... Uh, Freak. <laughs> Twitter follow and wrestling guy and uh, the you can pod- say freak, just say freak. <laughs> We're all freaks, buddy. It's not like no normal. Who's the normal person I've had on my podcast? Ian Douglas seemed pretty normal. The guy but- who did the Brian Blair. Yeah, Ian Douglas. Ian Douglas <laughs> seemed pretty normal. But outside of that, man, it's like it's it's freaks from episode one to whatever it's uh, episode hundred. Uh, we are here uh, talking about both of our one of favorite matches ever. Uh, Atsushi Onita Tarzan Goda versus Dragon Master and my personal hero, Masanobu Kurisu, FMW, Prediction. April Fools, 1990, day after my birthday. Uh, oh. what, uh, one, of the, one of the great, wild, absolutely insane brawls you're ever going to see uh, between four complete nutjobs. And nobody so how do you, better to talk you, about this than you, Bucky. Do you like go? Do you go through all the guys? Do you like to talk about the guys? Do you like to just go into the match, or do you want to? Do you want to talk about how you found this? I don't have to talk about it. I don't have to do any of that stuff. I just we just we're this is the context that this conversation is going to be built around, and who knows where the hell it's going to go. All right. Well, so first of all, I'm just going to get out of the way. Uh, We were going to talk about another match. We both thought we both thought we were going to talk about two different matches, and I watched a match that I thought we were going to talk about, but then you said maybe one of the guys in that match. He's he's within reach, which I'm like, oh yeah, all right. That was kind of sad, but then I picked this one. So, and you thought we were gonna do Zona 23, and then I was like, um, listen, that's cool. That's a cool match, but I don't, I can't even pronounce half those guys' names. So, um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, mean, I think that. the pod would have been fine if we didn't dig deep into the fucking career history of Leviathan. That's, maybe, that's an interesting thing. Maybe we, we maybe that's where we need to go, and that's why you need to get Leviathan on the fucking podcast. It's not like I know a ton about uh, the you, you know get the Black Terry Junior connection. You could get in touch with any of those fucking guys. You know that by the Black uh, Terry Junior connection. You mean that at some point ten years ago I spent I paid them five dollars for a for a thing. It's not like me and Black Terry Junior five, buddies. <laughs> five dollars. You mean four dollars and thirty three cents because yes. the fucking converge trade. The four thirty. The four thirty three for a uh, Negro Navarro <laughs> that was match. Right, right? Was it four thirty three? Something like that. Oh, I, I bought a couple. Um, yeah. So this is uh, FMW has like been around for what, like five months? Like yeah, properly? Not, not super long. I mean, I you know that's an answerable question. They started in eighty nine. At some point, we can just you know jump on the jump on the world wide web and f- well, I can tell figure you this out. I- my my uh, my illustrious podcast, Wrestling is Gross, um, at Touching Blood on Twitter, uh, Wrestling is Gross on Instagram. You could buy shirts also. Um, there's a, there's an episode where we ch- sort of charted the the uh, from the Ryuma Go feud through the Masa- uh, Masashi Ayagi feud and into the beginning of of FMW, um, and it's a it's a really weird time. Um, I, I don't know if you're you're familiar with Jelly Gray Man. Um, vaguely, Jelly Gray Man. Uh, it's also known as Jerry Flynn. Okay. Uh, 
Jelly Grayman, uh, of course, is around, and you know, everybody remembers the famous Onita and and uh, Tarzan Godo versus Matsunaga and Jelly Grayman match uh, from December tenth, nineteen eighty nine. We all remember that, right? Um, I, 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 I thought it was, Je- I thought it was Jerry Blayman. Is how it's listed in Cage Match. Okay, well, the graphic I'll have you know says <laughs> Jelly Grayman. <laughs> Uh, so that's a new character for the show in case you're like looking to fill a spot you know looks like the first fmw show was uh october um 6th that's the one main evented by yeah by onita and ayagi and they had wrestled they had fought i say wrestle um you know the the guy in the fucking karate thing kicks a bunch and then the other guy bleeds and you know that's basically those matches and i love those matches those matches are so good (laughs) Yeah, they're they're all fantastic. Um, like the some of them are handhelds, and you know you get to commit to like watch a thing like that. Sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do for uh, for Virgin Eyes, um, but all that stuff is sort of leading into the you know the period with big barbed wire boards and eventually the exploding ropes. And have you done Onita and Funk ninety three? Uh, it's in the book. It's in the book. I haven't done a pot on it yet. Now, so. Sam, well, can we switch it up? We'll just do that one. <laughs> still, maybe Terry Funk is uh, still alive. Oh yeah, and you also you're in Onita's DMs. I forgot. I mean, he's he's... Gonna be, you know, I mean, are you you're you I, you are flying out right? You and the whole crew, Tom K. You're all going to the the Tremont. Oh, I, that's what I heard. I I, uh, I am probably not. I have. Uh, I don't. You know, my wife is very understand. My wife is very understanding. And I imagine if I if I asked her, she probably would say, "Okay, but this is a bad idea, man." I would. <laughs> I don't want to go. I think. It, I think. I don't. My days for traveling for wrestling may be. You know, there there may be some in the future, but I don't know about the current state of double double small children. Um, yeah. And plane rides to go see Matt Tremont matches. That's the kind of shit you do when you're 25. Yeah. Uh, well, and you, yeah, if you've got a two-year-old when you're 25, that's what you do. You bring them then. <laughs> you bring them then. I am. I may be going to a uh, a lucha show on Sunday, uh, headlined by uh, Lapar the Laparca kids against Anthony Henry and um, Alex Zane, which is why. Oh, would, nice. Why would anybody make that match? Uh, it fuck- I mean, it might awesome. rule. I mean, it certainly might be awesome. awesome. Um, is there is there a balcony? Sorry. <laughs> oh no, I don't think so. I mean, if okay, they're running well. in the same place they've run before, it's like a, um, it's like a back of a, it's like at a strip mall. Um, okay. Well, place. I'm a big fan of Alex Zane. Um, I, he's he's barely a wrestler, but he's great at doing shit off of balconies. So, um, I, that's mean. I actually really like Alex Zane. I think he's a good wrestler. Yeah, I think um, that's, that should be good. I mean, I don't know how hard anybody's working in in a strip mall in in Denver. Um, Alex Zane takes no days off, sir. Okay. He's, a, he's a backyarder at heart, always. Uh, yeah, and then I don't know, but unclear how hard the parks are going to work. This is a this is a this is a part this is a par, a parks kids booking uh, that they got on their own. I mean, no, sure. they're they are not tagging along with pops on this one. This is only the park kids. <laughs> Look, look, you show up, you wear the skeleton suit, you take a couple bumps, do the fucking knee wiggle dance, and we pay you 250 and maybe you tell your dad that you had a nice time, he can come with you next time. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I did see uh, the, uh, one of these other shows. This is the, there are multiple Lucha promotions in Colorado that run semi-regularly. Like I think that I've been to four separate shows, from four shows, four separate promotions in the time I've lived here. 
Um, and and they're all I'm, great, right? I'm, they're all they're they're all ver- variations of good because they fly. Every one of them flies in people from Mexico consistently. So yeah. this is the one that's clearly run by somebody who's indie brained. Uh, obviously, bringing it. I mean, they're they're the ones that brought in Jimmy Havoc. Uh, to, <laughs> right, to, right, to right. work like the local garbage wrestler uh, head of the garbage wrestling promotion here in Colorado, um, and and they were the ones who uh, like you know uh, ran uh, low key versus Volador uh, <laughs> singles match. <laughs> now, I mean, who was working harder in that match? <laughs> low key Volador. For was, sure, right. Volador. <laughs> Volador was stuck a stuck a nice. Uh, forever stamp on a on a Manila envelope and mail that whole shit in <laughs> sure, by, sure. as he has done in seventy five percent of the matches he's been in uh, generously in the last twenty years. Yeah, he's the he's the worst. He's a he's a really cool looking guy though. Have you seen the way this guy looks? He's got so many and it's always changing. Yeah, I um, saw him. I saw him live against Loki. <laughs> a I couple years ago, like pandemic. Right. Volador might carry just enough weight that Loki would be reluctant to kick him in the face. It was very Loki was it was, Loki was seconded by Selena Delarenta. Oh, this is Court Bowers Loki. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't know what 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 it's hard the this provision doesn't make any sense. So he came in with that. So it was actually them doing a lot of Loki doing a lot of heel shtick. Cool. Uh, I mean, which is good. I mean, it's, uh, Loki, good wrestler. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a great match. Uh, yeah. uh, I've also seen Santo work a tag in this promotion. Sure. Uh, he had a singles match against uh, Rocky Romero uh, oh, a couple awesome. months ago, but I was I was out of town, so I couldn't see that. But sounds I, like you fucking missed out, my man. <laughs> I would have liked to see Santo. Sure. Sure. I've never <laughs> seen Santo not work hard. Santo's sure one of those guys who's... Ass-ripping. They went like three falls, 25 minutes. I'm sure <laughs> I, but uh, whatever, Sato, I'm sure Santo did three dives because Santo yeah. does three. I mean, I've seen Santo work in front of like 17 people in a tag match against. How many different states have you seen Santo wrestle in live? It's a good question. This has nothing <laughs> to do with the tag more match. More than three? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure more than three. Because, Hell yeah. Because I've, I've seen him wrestle in New York, the state of New York. Mm-hmm. I've seen I'm him familiar. wrestle in the state of Colorado. I've seen him wrestle. In what state is Mexico City in? Uh, I'm not sure about my Mexican geography. I, mean, oh, I used to know this, but yeah, sure. You know. saw, and I've also seen him wrestle in Monterrey, Mexico. And okay. I've seen him wrestle in Georgia. Um, okay. Which so, is not in Mexico. Which is not in Mexico. I've seen him wrestle <laughs> twice in two different parts of Mexico. I've seen him in Georgia. I've seen him in New York twice. And I've seen him in Denver. Oh. So I've seen Santo live a bunch of times. The uh, the match he had in Georgia. So seen, mathematically speaking, you've seen him do probably eighteen total dives. Yeah, I, I the match I saw him in Georgia. Uh, I think I saw him. I think I saw him twice in Georgia. But once I saw him in a singles match, uh, it was a singles match against L.A. Park, which was like truly excellent and only exists clipped on video from Japanese TV. But if like a full version of that showed up, that would be up there with their Monterey matches, like your iconic L.A. Park Sondo match, like tons no, of blood. and there's So what, Parks in the white 
white suit in fucking Georgia? No, no, he didn't do the. We didn't wear the white suit, but they did the. But he's they, bleeding like they that. They bled like they, they were in a white oh, suit. Shit. Yeah, oh, for funny. sure. It was. It was. I mean, it was like there was this uh, Gary Juster was running lucha uh-huh. shows in Georgia. The guy who used to be the WCW house uh, yeah. and they were. I don't understand why he stopped doing it because you would go to the. This was like in a arena and there was probably they draw oh my god there was like 3500 4000 people there <laughs> well i guess that's why they bled for him i guess yeah. no i mean so this, this was like i'm sure they got paid real money so they they worked it like they were real money and the you know, those shows were incredible they'd have like negro costas would be on them the brazos would be on them uh i don't know it's it was uh it was dope and so it was like a real it was a real great month me and tom k definitely flew to georgia and hung out with like chris zellner and west sure. hatch and went to uh, see that and went to see a wild side show uh, and went to a and went to a just an absolutely uh, excellent uh, and disgusting uh, uh, Georgia Atlanta uh, Georgia strip club. Oh uh, yeah, Zellner back. Zellner knows where those are, right? He knows this where was, those this are. was this was a West Hatch uh, move. I don't mean to put them on blast twenty years later on a podcast, <laughs> but I don't want to. I'm not going to come back and give Zellner heat. Oh, so I was saying the other things about this. Oh, we are really. Going no, nowhere cool, near man. this, hey, this no, no, FMW no. match, but the other the other show the other matches on this ridiculous Colorado show. I think I'm going to on Saturday. Is they're running Hetty Carawai versus Fred Yehai? Sure, I which, saw this. I did see this, and which, that's the match everybody's been asking for, right? I kind of. <laughs> I, I like, like. I know. I like Hetty Carawai. I, I like Hetty Carawai too. He was good in Bloodsport. I think he might be good in. Right, I forgot that happened. I, he, but it might be good against Fred Yehai. That was listed as a technical dream match. Oh, uh, um, for somebody it is. Uh, Ninja it's technically, ma- technically a match that could happen in a dream. <laughs> I, I think there's a tag with uh, with a crest. Whatever the uncancelled crest is, uh-huh, uh-huh. is in a tag yeah. match. I, I don't remember who his tag partner is, but he's with tagging with somebody uh, against some some like I think local Salt. luchadors. Sure. Um, and uh, Ninja Max. Ninja uh, Max. Ninja no, Mac. that's not it. Ninja, Ninja Mac. Mac. Ninja Mac is on that Ladies show. Gentlemen, Max. <laughs> Ninja Max. <laughs> Ninja I like, Max. I like Ninja Max, sorta. He's a guy. Yeah, he's seems right. like he's, this guy seems like he'd be fun to watch live. He was. He was good against Loki. He was know. great against Loki. Yeah, he was great. Against, yeah. I mean, that thank was. A, thank that you was for a, saying that. Was an awesome. That was an, to me. That'll mean a lot to Max. Max. <laughs> That is an awesome match, and it really is like uh, you know the, the you get you'll get like a two good Loki matches a year basically. Yeah, at this but point, you know, the and, Loki versus Red phenomenon that we've been trying to capture all these years, and the only time they've ever truly captured it was when Loki and Red wrestled again, like in a, a weird <laughs> in Red in House of Glory, which I love that match. But um, you know, we're always we're always on the hunt for that, and you know, Matrix Four coming out, baby. So we got. We we're gonna have some new influences. There's gonna be some action scenes in Matrix Four. Yeah, we'll be cribbing from all that shit. And I'm yeah. looking forward to the next gener- the next decade of, and the next hopefully the next Matrix trilogy because I hope they make I hope they keep making these motherfuckers forever. It's too bad. And I, Loki's gonna keep doing it. It's too bad Loki's such a piece of shit because you do feel like it's some you do feel if like he wasn't he would have ended up in AEW right. Yeah, oh yeah, sure, but you know, whatever. I like him on the. It's it's funny that he exists on the fringes of of the of, of the of wrestling culture now, and that like he's so hated by so many promoters that only a few like really thick skinned people who like have good PR teams or whatever, like Court, you know, like Court just doesn't give a shit, um, which is cool. 
That's why he's a good promoter. I mean, he eventually stopped booking Teddy Hart, but that was only after there was like really, really probable. Yeah, a that lot Teddy... of stuff. And but, also, his moonsaults weren't looking as good anymore. So you know, maybe but, it was time. But I mean, that was probably wasn't it probably a murder? Wasn't that the reason he stopped booking Teddy Hart? There maybe was like. It was a <laughs> Maybe it was a murder. Maybe the moon salts didn't look so good anymore. Okay. I mean, is it the, is it like a? I mean, whatever missing white girl that Teddy Hart is involved in didn't get as much attention as the missing white girl uh, who was like of a van life hippie. What was that one saying? It was like a big, big, uh, big um, true crime pod internet thing. Maybe that's our next move. Uh, is that we need to we could, we start a true crime pod about that woman that Teddy Hart probably murdered. Well, you get you get uh uh what's his name uh, Snowden on and 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 you get you know you get him on board and he will uh, I'm sure he could bankroll with his he's I know he's just stacks of cash in the hybrid shoot office. <laughs> I, I think you know maybe that's the, that's the next crossover. But you got to the thing is you got to avoid the the Nancy Argento stuff because it's like Bix has already got all that covered. And you can't be stepping on his toes. How is Bex not doing a true crime podcast about whatever the woman that Teddy Hart possibly murdered? I mean, it's not really my thing, but that feels like it should have been his thing, right? Maybe. I mean, you know, that guy, he's got his his fingers in a lot of pots. Is that what you say, fingers? Sure. Tarzan Godo. Let's talk a little about Tarzan Godo. One of my, one of the guys I think I probably misjudged the most during my, you know, initial contemporaneous run of watching these matches in the 90s. I think at one point I coined the nickname Tarzan Scroto. Oh. Uh, because he, That I, was you, huh? I saw that written on a bathroom wall one time. I think that it was, was me. That might have been that might have been like Pogo Pete Stein or something like that I just used it. I, but I think it was me. And so he's a guy I, I for some reason thought sucked. But in fact, absolutely motherfucking rules. Like is I think he's better than Masato Tanaka for your like FMW he- uh, heavyweights kind of with hard clotheslines. Okay, that may sure. be kind of a that oh, may be kind of a, a that may be a hot take, but like he's a guy who just no matter when he shows up is going to like th- kick somebody really hard in the stomach, throw a really hard clothesline, take some bumps, bleed. I mean, just what you uh, just what you want from a professional wrestler, right? I mean, who looks like that? I think the Tanaka comparison is maybe like I, I think he has like a lot of the great elements of Tanaka, but Tanaka, look, Tanaka for American fans, for many American fans, is just known for being the guy who got awesome bombed like out of the ring over and over, and then you know came back as an indie darling or whatever. But like his his career goes on for so long. I think basing it purely on in ring work, you never see Tarzan. Does Tar- Tarzan Goto never took a fucking awesome bomb outside? Did he? <laughs> I mean, maybe in like a you know the back of an udon shop somewhere uh, for <laughs> Shin FMW. I don't know. I don't have that stuff. I think my bar buddy Jet like apparently has a bunch of like Shin FMW on hidden Google drives, but I haven't seen that. So I don't know, you know about this Jet like guy, but he doesn't actually have a like a proper bed frame. It's just stacks of discs, that, like, <laughs> and he just and he doesn't even have a mattress either. There's just a, a thin sheet on top of it, okay, and yeah. on the sheet is a picture. Of Tarzan Goto. Look, I'm look. Somebody's out there doing the work, man. I, I'm, I'm just happy that person isn't me. Yeah, but I'm well, happy. That, you know, I'm happy that person exists. I mean, I, you know, like the, I, I'm. I, God love him. God, you know, I got nothing but good things to say about him. I got nothing good things to say about uh, about um, um, uh, what's the entire his population. Of the crazy Max forums. Yeah, the, the guy IW <laughs> the IW, XIWS guy who uh, is, lives in Japan now and gets his whole hands on that stuff. 
Yeah, you got nothing bad to say about the guy who used to sell you guys for, like Futin videos who had 1488 in his name. You had nothing bad to say about any of these guys. Nope, nothing bad to say about him at all. Those that that could have been. I'm, I'm not sorry. I forgot. I'm not supposed to bring that up on this. You don't bring that up. Uh, this part is getting edited out. I'm not actually I editing it out. I had that but. part in the in the notes that you sent me beforehand. I said, don't talk about that. Don't talk about Damien 1488 by Futa right. Dave I'm sure he was born on like <laughs> September 14th. Uh, like, well, yeah, the 14th month of, of the 18th year. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. It's almost assuredly that's what that email address means. Not think about anything else it might mean because at some point I'm hoping he still is able to uh, get his hands on. And all... coming back too, you know, so it's it's probably not. That's probably never going to happen. <laughs> but I, there, look, there's a, a, a three percent three percent chance that my man gets his hands on the fifty Futen shows which happened before they started getting released on tapes. Right, there's you want a... that Moriyama stuff? I know, I know. I'm fuck yeah, fuck yeah, I want the white Moriyama. The, I, want <laughs> the, I want the white. I need the pure white. I don't need the. I don't need it stepped That's on. What he wants. <laughs> All right, that mark it now. Um, sorry, Phil. <laughs> Luck, man. I knew what this. Sorry was. for making you edit your podcast. I, I'm not. A, I edit nothing. Uh, All right. Outside of me stammering, the only edits are me stammering or if the dog barks. Oh god. Otherwise, All right. I'm not going to, you, you don't edit this out, but this is very candid. I was on another podcast one time and they edited it out every time I said, uh, and I felt, and I, it ruined me for like a month to think about how, <laughs> and then I, and, but then I just said, fuck that person. And I'd never cared about them again. And I say uh, all the time and I do it with my dick out, you know, I don't give a shit. Um, so, sometimes I have to edit out me like breathing heavily while the other person's talking. Uh, so I have to do some editing. Match. Uh, <laughs> That's just lovingly describing the blood pulsating from a, a wound in the center of Tarzan yeah. Goto's forehead, and 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 you're just like, oh yeah, I guess that really does going to do it for me, doesn't it? Yeah. So um, it's weird. Kendo Nagasaki's in my book twice for a guy who I don't know if he ever had a third match that I ever thought was worth a shit. Yeah, I don't really know who he is. He's is, is he the guy who was like. He he's not Kendo Nagasaki from like World of Sport, right? That's a different no, different guy. Kendo Nagasaki. Okay. But Kendo Nagasaki, Kendo Nagasaki is your guy who was your. Uh, we couldn't book uh, Kabuki was in already working in Florida, but we need somebody to do be do Kabuki. So he'd do face paint and spitting. Oh, he'd do the exact same gimmick, except he wasn't as good as Kabuki. But he's a guy like there's Kendo Nagasaki. You know, worked Florida. I'm sure he worked Georgia. He worked Mid Atlantic. I mean, he was a U.S. worker. He was in uh, the JTEX Corporation in uh, oh, NWA sure. in 1989. He was okay. In, that's where I know from. Okay. He was in that cage match. He was like a. He was. I think there was a there was a Muda. There's a Muda. Really, really, really great Muda Arn Anderson match from the Power Hour. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> the D show. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen Muda Arn Anderson from the? Power I don't Hour? think I have. No, it, is that it, is that is that from is that from eighty nine or is that from like ninety three? Eighty nine. Okay, so during no, your, I, I dur- have not seen that. I might have seen something, you know, like a nineties iteration. It was of that, like but. when the Horsemen were faces before sure. they no, turned yeah. on Sting. Uh, yeah, or it might have been ninety. I think it was eighty nine. Yeah, uh, but but I, I remember Ken Nagasaki was seconding um, Muda. And I think the exact Jim Ross quote was, are there any good-looking Oriental men? <laughs> Damn you. 
<laughs> dropping that on me while I'm like trying to fucking Google this guy. You'd... See, normally I'd measure that laugh so it didn't sound so bad. Um, he's a hard dude to fucking Google. I'll tell you that. Kazuo Sakurada, is that the right guy? Well, yeah. Right guy? All right, yeah. No, I, right. I, I guess, you know, for me as a kid... I mean, I, so I was born in 89, so I know, like, whatever. But, like, uh, for me as a kid, like, a lot of the Japanese people did kind of, like, I, I, you know, I was like, oh, that's the Japanese guy in the roster, you know? Or those are the, those are the Japanese guys. Like, I just accepted it. Um, I, I mentioned this on the most recent Wrestling is Gross. Um, we talked about Raven versus Kaz Hayashi from Saturday Night, where it's, like, a famous, like, C-show match where... Uh, yeah, it's a famous C-show match because I put it on a Schneider comp. I mean, I don't... Who are you okay. telling? Who are you telling listen, me about that fucking listen, match for? Listen, Phil. I'll tell you what. When I <laughs> when I went to the YouTube link, it didn't say Phil Schneider uploaded it. You know what it said? What did Phil it say? Ripa. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know. So I'm shouts out to him. Um, <laughs> how's he doing? Is he good? He's doing good. There's a pod with him. I did a pod with Phil Ripa. Okay. A couple, okay. Right. A, a couple of uh, weeks ago. If people want to catch up on Phil Ripa, it's uh, that was a show that required some uh, um, noise balancing. <laughs> Motherfucker is loud. Because he was on the toilet. No, that's Dean. Wait, Dean would have been on the toilet. <laughs> is Dean okay? He seems like he's pretty good. I did a pod with him too. Wow. All right. Cool. Well, look, I'm I'm one degree away from, uh, you know, <laughs> internet. Tony Khan. Yeah, there you go. Tony Khan. And he's Rashford. doing pretty good too. I did a pod with him. Yeah, I heard yeah. about that. I heard about that. Um, yeah, but this so like Hayashi like was a guy when I was ten, and he was just like it was before the Young Dragons, and so he was just the Japanese guy. He was one of the Japanese guys on the roster, you know. And sometimes some others would show up, and I would just be like, okay, yeah, Yuji Nagata, um, and you know, the Kaz Hayashi, Japanese guy, uh, does a spin kick. His name is Kaz. I, I'm in, you know. So like for me, the fucking Muda and anybody around them, just like I. I immediately accepted any of that stuff. Um, so then, you know, obviously very different to watch FMW, but I, I guess I, I had fallen for FMW myself in the nineties and like the late nineties with like those, do you remember those pay-per-views and like the, 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 the VHS tapes they would sell? Oh, sure. Um, but I remember the pay-per-views specifically, like seeing, and I think that, you know, one of the big ones that you'd always see on there was like Toyota versus uh, Kudo or whatever. Um, right. And, you know. Great match. These, wrote about that. In the, that's, in the, that's in the book, too. In the book. We covered it on, on Wrestling is Gross. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really weird how many of these matches. It's not weird. I guess they're just matches. And I guess, you know, we all like the same shit. But it's I scroll down and I'm like, no, I can't talk about this one here because I already talked about that on my own podcast. <laughs> It's like, how much do I really? And here's the funny thing. Ian Rotten versus Chris Hero. I've talked about that on two different podcasts. <laughs> Ian still is not uh, DM me back, but I'm keeping my fingers Hero, crossed. Just get Hero. I don't know. Or you want Hero for Kingston. All right. I, um, I, I've, you know, Hero's, Hero's uh, that'll happen eventually, I think. But yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, see. We're, you know, we're all in that big, you know, group DM with Chris Hero and Ian Rotten, of course, <laughs> and uh, Jeff G. Bailey. So I'm looking um, through. Uh, Kendo Nagasaki's um, uh, cage match here. It's an interesting cage match. He started out IWE, so uh-huh. like in the seventies, working as Kazuro Sakurada. He's a, he spent some time in All Japan. He spent some time in Stampede, um, was I think his first like stateside promotion, um, where he uh, was working as Mister Sakurada. There's a bunch of... The really, classic mister, The right? classic mister, right. So he worked in Stampede. Uh, he worked in Western States. 
as Mr. Sakurada, uh, too, which I get, you know, like, um, what is Western States? Sorry. Uh, it's like an Amarillo fat. Looks like oh, okay, he's, okay. he's looking like Pez Watley. He's working Black Gordman. He's working a tag where he's teaming with uh, Tri-State, which I think is a, a UWF precursor. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Uh, sure. No, but yeah, uh, Oklahoma, yeah, Texas. And yeah, so he's working like he has like a tag yeah. with where he's working with Killer Carl That's Cox. where they were the most scared of Japanese people <laughs> that era. So that, he's, he's that makes so we're going to tag with Killer Carl Cox against Andre the Giant and Jerry Oates. Feels like that might be good. So Houston, two out of three falls. Match against Pedro Morales. Release that. Release Pedro Morales, Sakurada, two out of three falls. Billy Corgan, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, had to get that uh, I'm trying to think. It's just a lot of them. So a bunch of Stampede stuff in the 70s. This is like a really long career. I think really being. And then uh, really being your guy who... Uh, Worked Bret Hart a lot, tags mostly. But, sure. Well, uh, that's the, that was the thing too. Also, was like like Bret has stories about like Matsuda and and like lots of those guys that would you know and Muda. I think Muda like went through uh, Muda and like maybe Liger went through Stampede as well. Yeah. Like a lot of those guys would run through there, and um, Bret was the guy. You know, that you, 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 like the the language barrier doesn't exist when you put him in the ring with Bret Hart. You know, worked, just it all gels. Worked as a tag. With uh, Mr. Hito and Mr. Sakuraba as a, Sakurada as sure. a tag team in Florida against uh, a lot, worked a lot against Mike Graham and friend of the pod, Steve Kern. Uh, maybe <laughs> I should just hang up and call him up again and just have Get him, him on, talk, yeah. talk no, about No, no, dial him in. Don't hang up. Dial him in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Him, right? yeah, don't hang up. I, can just... I, listen, I would love to talk to Steve. He's great guy got nothing but nice things to say about Family, him yeah, and, yeah, love him, love him. <laughs> um and uh but yeah like uh so then he comes in and starts working so a long time is just mr sakurada or just it so kazuo sakurada so he worked a lot as just i'm assuming there was salt i'm assuming there was bowing like sure. i mean that's the mr gimmick is kind of does that worked a bunch in uh you know for the against the von erics um, he probably had like a manager, like a Gary Hart type of manager. I think like, was, I'm pretty sure. I mean, at least in the NWA, he right. was managed by Gary Hart. So, right. so I would imagine he was probably managed by Gary Hart in other places as well. So then he starts, this is the funny part of this. Uh, there's a lot of funny parts about this. So he goes to Florida and he starts working apparently under the name Chang Chung. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you caught me off guard again. You can't do that. You have to warn me, like, to give me like a real pause before you name before you say something that problematic. Yes, his work is Chang Chung, uh, uh, maybe uh, a relative of the of the Asian uh, character in the Harry Potter books, Cho Chang. Okay, <laughs> Chang Chung. Right. So, right. Is, so I mean, which is amusing, right? Because Chang Chung is. The kind of uh, racist thing you'd say before you beat up a Chinese person, not really the kind of yeah, Well, yeah, I mean, it's clearly, yeah, that's a Chinese name. I mean, it's not a name, but if it was a name, <laughs> it would be a Chinese name. <laughs> worked, a, worked a time with drug, it's the spoiler, as Chang Chung. Yeah. Um, uh, teamed with the Kabuki, who, uh, who was, uh, you know, an inspiration, clearly, for the Kendo Nagasaki character. I mean, basically the exact same gimmick. Um, then worked as... Tengu, T-E-N-G-U, apparently. Sure. Although, sure. 
I don't. It's a little confusing because in sometimes he is there are singles matches listed as cage match as Tengu, but also matches worked as the tag team of Chang Chung and Tengu. So I don't. I'm not, okay. not sure what that. I'm not sure what that means. Whether he would, yeah. he uh, worked is that maybe they alternated gimmicks. Well, yeah. you know. Back then, like the the promoter didn't know. It's just the two Japanese guys. Right, so. You'll be Tengu. You'll be Chang Chung. Um, Tengu, apparently, heavenly dog, a type of legendary creature in Japanese folk uh, religion. So, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That, somebody's on. I the... figured it had to be something, so I had to look it up. <laughs> uh, uh, I thought maybe it was like a sex thing, though. So I'm kind of disappointed, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so that he... was like a, a horny, like horrible thing. So at some point in. February 82, he switches to the Kendo Nagasaki gimmick, um, which is also very racist uh, when you think about it, right? Like, just pick two Japanese things and smush them together, right? Like, I mean, I look, who's picking that name, right? Like, I mean, who? I, I mean, mean, it's Florida, so probably, uh, yeah, probably like, Graham. Yeah, or Dusty. Or Dusty, yeah. I mean. Maybe we're going to call you Ching Chung. <laughs> It's going to be on, you're going to see your name on light, Ching Chung. It's going to look great, baby. Uh, so he's feuds with Eric Embry, like early in the Kendo Nagasaki yeah, gimmick, including some matches, a bunch of matches where martial arts are allowed. They got to work with a martial arts uh, allowed? That's, that's, look, that's Cuba rules. In Florida, that's called Cuban rules. <laughs> <laughs> that's Caribbean rules. Yeah. So I mean, just like a long, pretty long Florida run. Worked on lights out match against Mike Graham. Worked Dusty a bunch. Worked Jerry Lawler in uh, Memphis. Um, so probably know. probably spoke fluent English. If he was alive, could probably be on this. Is he alive? We could get him on. I think he is. That's like twenty five. Oh, <laughs> died, died in twenty twenty. Maybe COVID. Uh, uh, but worked like a black ninja death match owl. against Dusty <laughs> Rocket <Dragon> Master. <laughs> R.I.P. Man. Yeah. Um, so worked like Florida, worked a ton of Florida, worked Dusty a bunch, and then you know would dip into dip into all Japan like for tours. Um, apparently worked as Dream Machine in all Japan. Mm. I don't know whether you couldn't get Troy Graham and then you just put Kendo Nagasaki under a mask as Dream Machine. I don't. Know. This is there's the the more I dig into this guy's career, the weirder it gets. Yeah, I mean, he look, he he brought something new to Memphis, and he took something else away. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. You just steal Troy Graham's mask? So, yeah, so it's like a, like a very, so mostly a U.S. career for, yeah. you know, like through, well, through the, the 80s. He was in big Japan and shit, though. Like, in the, in, the, in the late 90s, he's in, like, piranha death matches and shit. Yeah, he had, but he was like, not, not in the U.S. in the 90s. But in the yeah. 80s and in the U.S., t- tagging in... Uh, apparently worked as Rambo Sakurada in New Japan in '85. Is, cool name. Yeah, that's a cool name. Uh, and then you know, like so he's Rambo ta- Two is coming out. Like, ran- like yeah, all right, yeah, sure. So he's like dips in. He dips into tours in Japan in the '80s, but while mainly working Florida. It, well, he comes in as American superstar uh, Kendo Nagasaki. <laughs> right, basically American <laughs> superstar Kendo Nagasaki. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Light, you know, worked a bunch of uh, apparently a long '86 feud with the, as the Rising Suns with the with the fabulous ones. The Rising what? Suns are him and uh, the White Great Ninja, Ninja, who I think is 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 uh, Muda. The White Ninja, yeah, Ninja Mac. Worked, Ninja Mac <laughs> worked uh, worked a ton against the fabulous ones. 
Sure. Lights Again, out. Get, get Steve on. Lights out matches uh, with friend of the pod, Steve Kern. And then, you know, kind of just... So, basically a Florida guy. Like, what it looks like. He, where he would dip into other places in the U.S., but was like a Florida mainstay. Probably lived in okay. Miami well, So, that makes sense. Because he's, you know, these guys are like fucking, like, swamp guys. Like, where I mean, Car- Carisi wasn't a Florida guy, though, right? No, Carisi doesn't have to wrestle in the U.S., he lived in the jungles, like where you, you ever hear the stories about like the, the 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 Japanese military leaders who were out there in the jungles for twenty years yes. and they didn't war ended. He's one of those guys, and it, like like you know, Baba just found him and was like, you know, oh, you could be a wrestler. That was my Baba impersonation. Oh, you could be a wrestler, and like I I I think his story. I mean, what he he's like a New Japan guy. Uh, we're talking about, we moved to Carisu. Carisu. I mean, I mean, like, what else is there about Dragon Master to say? Uh, so he's in one other match of my book uh, in in War, which is where he kind of ended up. Oh, that's right. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah. A really great, a really great match. I'll have to do at some point. He was. A, I think he started now, which was like his promotion now, um, which is a promotion that he worked like in Japan, like one of you know, like at some point, everybody in Japan who's ever been anybody has had their own like. Promotion, sure. Yeah, well, of course, of course. So he was he was the head of now. Yeah, where he okay. worked like Dusty Wolf and Booker <laughs> T in '93, Alex Porto. So he apparently was like bringing over like uh, like Texas guys, Johnny Rods, Jesus, Manny Fernandez, Ebony what Experience and Attack. <laughs> I gotta get my hands on all the new now, all the now because yeah. he yeah, worked get, like a global. Like this, send us the. He worked a glow in a, a global taping, so apparently he was bringing over like global guys. Sure, I mean you got to meet these guys somewhere, right? Scott, he worked Scott Putsky and blow global Rod Price in Japan. Well, no, what you're saying is that like he went because he he had his roots in Dallas, like as well as you know Fort Lauderdale or whatever. Yeah. But like, but clearly, you know, this guy. Um, he could walk. He could walk into Dallas in '91 at a global taping and be like uh, Hugh Hefner. Yes, <laughs> in that place, you know. And like, oh, that's the Dragon Master. That's the Dragon Master. He's gonna pick three white boys to bring with him to Japan. <laughs> Dusty Wolf, John, uh, uh, lots of JBL working yeah, now, okay. and then you know he worked War, and then big, you know, yeah, like he's in a lot of these big. Yeah. Was an early big Japan guy, so in a bunch of you know. Barbed wire matches. He was in one of, of some of those. Maybe the other really good. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure like his stuff in Florida ruled, and we just don't have a lot of Florida. But uh, well, well his, yeah. But this is a guy who like existed around the margins, kind of of like a famous shit happening elsewhere. You yeah, know, he was definitely a guy I remembered from magazines. Yeah, but yeah, then I mean, he, he's a guy who worked like a lot of your early goofus big Japan stuff. He was in the exploding balloon. Thumbtack Deathmatch. Ah, uh, who could uh, forget? Uh, TVing with Yamakawa against Axel Rotten and Shoji Nakamaki. You remember that match? You guys oh, that. I have the, the the date of that match. I have it tattooed uh, on his chest, right over <laughs> my you, heart. Dude, no, seriously, did you ever see that match? I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen. It. <laughs> see, I've seen all that stuff. That stuff's great. Yeah, it's, um, it's real stupid. There's like a giant balloon that explodes as like a, like a time bomb and like May '96 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. showers yeah. a bunch of thumbtacks all over people's hair. Yeah, that's great. You know, I mean, look, y- you could say that we, we, we peaked then. <laughs> what I would disagree with, because uh, you, you see Ian Rotten uh, rig a f- like a, a 
basically like sort of like a, a fence panel made of light tubes to the ceiling to be released at the 10 minute timer onto Jimmy Lloyd or whatever, you know, like, or not Jimmy Lloyd, Jimmy Lyon, Chondo, <laughs> shuts out. Uh, it's like we, we're still kind of evolving these things. I think the, 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 the thumbtack balloon though, I think we, we, we could, we could really sort of outwardly engineer those ideas. Yeah. Thumbtack balloon is incredible. Yeah, I like uh, things explode. Yeah, me too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't. You know, this isn't my this my type of wrestling as much that drill death match stuff, but I do enjoy when things explode. Well, so here you've got like the guy. You know, you've got the guy who sort of made that a thing, right? I mean, obviously, Onita is the original explosion death match boy. He's the guy who like first had the idea. Maybe, probably, right? Probably. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I the mean, first explosion death match is definitely him. Yeah, I him think so. I mean, that's the thing we. It, it, it also could happen in Portugal in like the seventies. I mean, that was like when we watching all this French stuff. You discover it's like, oh, and they were doing, they were doing this this gimmick match with springs in like nineteen seventy one. Right. So well, and then f- of course, yeah, and then yeah, Mister Argentina was known for his exploding bat. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> we all know that. I mean, I know a lot of way too much about wrestling, but you know, there's things I don't know. Yeah, there's there's going to be something that happened somewhere that that's going to predate every single thing that you could imagine, you know. Um, yeah, so the the it is Onita versus Goto is the first explosion, uh, exploding death match, and it's uh, five months after this, it looks like. Yeah, and then Onita and Goto were like having we have like a real like classic pro wrestling thing where they'd be just constantly t- turning on each other, uh, and then not turning on each other, and then you know, so they would feud and then not feud and. Well, and Onita was very much inspired by that, like, sort of weekly American television system. Of course, Onita and Fuchi were, you know, in, like, 81 Memphis. Onita and Fuchi are the gods of the studio tag match. Like, yeah, so good. So good. So fucking good. So much fun. And every week, like, it was, you know, and sometimes they wrestle the same fucking team, like, three weeks in a row or whatever, you know? Like, it was, it was just great. And it, so Onita, like, clearly... You know, when he goes back to Japan, he fucks his knee up or whatever in the mid '80s. Whatever happens, I'm not really totally clear on it. But the 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 path that he takes from you know Tupelo Concession Stand Brawl back to Japan, where he's expected to just be a junior heavyweight guy again, and he fucks himself up and he can't do any of that stuff anymore, and he's just like, um, you know, remembers slipping in the mustard. You know, <laughs> I mean, this is what this is, right? This is him. Yeah. This is the Tupelo concession brawl. I mean, right. They don't brawl in the concessions, but this is undoubtedly 100% inspired by that. Yeah, this is and the I mean, same. As, a, as, as a match, this is, you know, a, what is it, nine minutes? Yeah. Something like that. It's Everybody perfect. comes in, yeah. like, sweatpants. Uh, well, or not Goto's everybody. Got, Onita's got jeans. over his sweatpants, which makes it that's <laughs> special. That's the real. And he, so Goto looks like a fucking uh, Happy Meal, basically. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite outfits of all time. But then, but yeah, what Dragon Master and Kreese, you both wear cowboy boots. Is that right? I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I think uh, Dragon Master's got regular boots on, but he's got like a white shirt. He definitely looks like somebody who's like taking out the trash. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like yeah. seven in the morning and they're like fuck I gotta get the recycling out before the trash guy comes so we put on some sweat food, sweat pants and like a shitty white shirt and, and, then just, and they just absolutely and then Carisu uh, I think is in, is in like in a, 
in a button up. He's like, in the current gear. He's in the Skinner gear. So he's just yeah. gator boots. Like he is straight up looks like Skinner. Um, I will say this: Dragon Master uh, Kinder Nagasaki. The shirt he's wearing looks like um, you know when like they have like a uh, a big like cookout or like family reunion or whatever, and they print up the t-shirts, <laughs> and then those end up getting somehow donated to like the Salvation Army, and then you're at the Salvation Army, and it's like one dollar for this shirt that's got like a family portrait of a family, you know. <laughs> that you don't... Yeah, it's got. He has some sort of. There's definitely some sort of like drawing on it. It definitely looks like something you would get at like a or like a fraternity does like a like a fundraiser. Uh, beer pong tournament or something like that. Oh, it, it, they, it, you could say D.D. Johnson 1981 to 1994 on it. Lost <laughs> too soon or whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> uh, but he looks great. Also, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not shitting on the man. I don't want to like. I'm, I would never say a disparaging thing about uh, any of these people. Um, but especially not uh, <laughs> Dragon Master <laughs> Karisu. Um, I, you know, I I had my wife buy me some sweatpants recently. I was like, I want some sweatpants. She got me some sweatpants, either for Father's Day or for my birthday or whatever. And I put them on, and I just I just couldn't. I wasn't feeling myself. I like I I don't think I can carry myself in a in a pair of sweatpants like that. And I don't know. If I have I, some I have some lounge pants, which I think sure, are a little different. Sure, I mean that is different. Um, I'm talking like sweatpants that I. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna uh, potentially I'd mow the yard. I, w- I mean, I would wrestle a Texas death match in these sweatpants if they fit right. Is what I'm saying. Um, also, I want to say this is a it says Texas Street Fight on this YouTube file, but it's a Texas Death Match, which is like one of those gimmicks that I think is like sort of like this like legendary thing in in terms of like saying it Texas Death Match. Oh, right. but there's like two good ones that we have like full on tape. Like, I mean, that's not true, but you know, like the Last Man Standing gimmick obviously took over the the style. Right. With it. Which is such a belabored, awful thing, especially without blood. Like, just my least favorite of the uh, modern it's, matches. I mean, there are, there are ways to do them well, but they are, but rarely are they used in those ways. Yeah, there are good ones, and I, you know, I, there is a thing like where I, I do like once we get into. I mean, not to. I mean, this is the bare bones of it, um, and it just boils it down to its core, which is beat the man so bad he can't get back up for ten seconds or whatever, right? Which is yeah. the entire idea. But like, um, I got three. I got three Texas death matches in the book. Uh, this one, uh, the um, Hector uh, Guerrero okay. versus Jose Lothario one. Yeah, Houston stuff that that make that makes sense. There would be some stuff there. That and there's would, a there's a really awesome Terry Gordy, uh, Steve Doctor Death Williams one, which wasn't really available until the Houston stuff came out. That's like those guys just beating the shit out of each other. Actual like eight, that's like eighty five or what? Like the UWF? UWF, yeah. So it would have been like eight, a little later than that. Yeah, or I have not watched that one. I scrolled past that and I was interested. I, I didn't. I, I haven't read those pages. That, it's it's dope. You, I mean, it's hard not to like you know that kind of the really well, apex sure. of your uh, Bill Watts. Let's get some football players. Siobhan is wrestling. always talking about my co-host on wrestling show. Siobhan is always talking about uh, how she wants more power plant guys, more coked out fucking uh, sub 100 IQ football players in wrestling. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't think that I think those guys are different now. Like those guys aren't interesting anymore. Like I, I played football in Texas in in high school. It sucked. Like those guys are not interesting or fun or and the cocaine's not good anymore. You know, and like so that's I, I think those kind of guys are gone. Sadly, I don't think Braun Breaker is, I, is it. I'm sorry. I don't know. I watched the one match. I kind of enjoyed it. There's a he's, big... he's doing a good cosplay. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's legi- I mean, I don't know if it's a, is it cosplay? He's legitimately Rick Steiner's stupid son. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> you know enough. What I mean? like, he's, he's, he's doing, but he's doing cosplay of Scott. He's like wrestling more like, I don't know. I think he's wrestling a lot more, more like Scott. Um, but like, I'm saying, I don't know if that's, I don't, that, I don't think that's like, I don't think that's like a, a Chikara guy who decides that he wants to be a luchador. I mean, it's just like, it's like I'm going to wrestle like my brain dead uncle. Sure, sure. I mean, look, there's something to that, and I, I think that, I think that there, um, maybe there's a there, there's a couple of these jocks out there who can still who still might like they might be able to strike lightning underneath, but I don't think Braun Breaker's it. Um, I don't think it's, and I don't think it's going to happen in the WWE, you know, yes. and and not NXT 2.0 for sure. Um, but like, yeah, those guys. Let's not talk about NXT 2.0. Let's talk about. Uh, Masanobu Kurisu, who is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Yeah, sorry to get off uh, track there. Oh, or the, we have we never got on, no, on track. Death matches, All right, yes. so Texas death matches was where we were going. Um, my first like my first memory of a match that was kind of like that is Crush and Macho Man from Mania Ten, uh, which is the one where it's like falls count anywhere, and they have sixty seconds to get back to the ring or something. Yeah, um, where he ties him up in the workout equipment, and I was five years old. That's my first WrestleMania I ever saw. Um, you know, on pay per view, I had seen tapes or whatever, and I remember that, and I remember being like, uh, "Oh, he's gonna be." They're never gonna get him out of that. Macho Man tied him up so good. They're gonna have to cut him out of that, you know. <laughs> so like that's you know that's the other direction of this, where where you know this is a Texas Death Match that is purely like, um, okay, I'm, I hit you with the Thunder Fire Bomb, the, the you know the the classic drop to one knee power bomb that uh, that Onita does, it's one of my favorite moves ever, um, and you naturally you pin the guy with that, right? Um, and it just becomes a matter of him getting back up and how many times, how many power bombs is this guy going to take? How many, like what's the angle that you have to land on your shoulders and neck to keep you down for 13 seconds, actually. Um, but along the way, I mean, this is like the newly minted Cork and Hall, right? Like the Cork and Hall had been around for a couple years, maybe a year. Yeah. The, I, I, I admit the, my, the history of venues, Japanese venues, something I'm, Sure, I, I don't remember hearing a lot about it before this, certainly. And this is a very, like, Corican Hall, iconic Corican Hall match, right? Yeah, I, apparently I'm very wrong. It was, all right, so it was, like, it was right after they started running shows in Corican Hall. Uh, like, like, wrestling shows, because I think, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm probably super wrong. Uh, probably sound like a fucking idiot, and there's somebody who has a lot more knowledge than me, and they're saying that I fucking suck right now. Um, there's... The, uh, the the classic setup of the the, the chairs with no uh, no rail, which I think Cork and Hall ha- it's like a limited floor space, right? So you have like five or six rows on each side, and then you've got the bleachers on the the two opposite sides, and then you know the the sort of going up into the auditorium seating, and this match is like I think one of the first ones that really gets out there and they flatten like multiple rows of chairs just by walking through them like they're not necessarily like picking them up and swinging them I mean they are they are picking them up and swinging them and they're throwing them at, e- at each other but they're also just kind of like walking through them and there's people running around like it's like a fucking bruiser Brody coming to the ring or whatever um, and it's just it is sort of this chaotic vibe where you, you don't really 
get I, mean, I guess you could get this now i mean you get this like gcw or whatever where they're fucking brawling in the crowd but those people are all like uh want to get blood on them you know right, what i mean this feels much more like oh my god what have i got what have we gotten ourselves into oh yeah this was a mistake to come here i should not have brought my <laughs> wife to this wrestling does. show whereas now my wife wants nick right. gage to bleed on she him, got a you know? cameo from him uh <laughs> and, and the uh <laughs> Yeah, this is, we're talking about chairs. This has got some of the best chair shots in wrestling ever because it just completely reckless. Like, you don't ever get a sense of anyone, you know, just throwing these things at each other and, like, hitting. I mean, Carissa was the master of, like, the corner of the chair into the side of your face. It's like a classic Carissa. Yeah, why does he swing it like that? He's trying to fucking hurt the person he's wrestling. I mean, he's, Carissa is like, you know, uh, why I love him so much is he does his, whatever the, rules that you're supposed to have about how you behave in a professional wrestling match he does not respect doesn't respect him doesn't yeah. isn't interested in the right way to kick somebody he's going to kick somebody the wrong way and it's going to be the side of his he fucking does go in cowboy the, the heel of his cowboy boots going to be right in your temple and you know what yeah yeah he's he's got a way about him there there's the one where he wrestles like a young gato yeah, just, oh, uh, or maybe it's jado i think it's jado Young Jado, we covered it in our, our Squash World yeah. episode, um, where he just beats the shit I mean, <laughs> and kicks him. He kicks him in like a part of the like you know like when Kawada like does a kick to the face, like he knows right where he's landing that foot. I and he think Kawada knows too. He just does just absolutely does not care. That's the give a fuck. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> he's like he's very much measuring it for the wrong spot. Um, yeah, and he's willing, I mean, I mean the, the thing about Kariso is you know Kariso. Take as well as good as he gives. Oh, he I mean, made- Onita definitely drops him on the wrong on those one of those fucking power bombs. I mean, you know, like right on his head. Well, he's also a big guy. Like it's like the yeah. So the the basically the the build up to the finish is like just a bunch of fucking power bombs. Which I don't know. It's a weird. It's weird to watch like uh, you know, like a modern indie match where it's just move after move, and you 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 do have to kind of just. I guess, except like, okay, that move should be a finish, but he's going to kick out of it because I know the rhythm of this match. And I know like what, right. I know what an indie wrestling main event is. So I'm, I'm not even going to react to this near fall. Cause I know that this is not the fucking finish. Like, I don't know. We broke wrestling at some point, you know, like they, like they broke it to the point yeah, where hundred percent like now, like it like the, the conventional, like um, excitement over a near fall to actually pull that off. It has to be, like sort of this completely foreign thing where, you know, we, we, like I think Daniel Bryan is, or Brian Danielson is going to bring something of that to wrestling where he's finished all three of his matches in different ways. I think that maybe like, that's the kind of stuff that needs to happen more often where we're not, we're not constantly feeding into this same sort of rhythm towards building towards a finish. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think you look at this and it is nine, it's nine minutes and it's like, uh, you know, the finish is basically Onita, uh, hits like three power bombs in a row or something like that. Yeah, really Carissa and Lance and those landings are not those landings are the kind of way you're gonna have somebody land on a power bomb if a couple minutes before they took a the corner of a chair and dug it into your cheekbone really right. unprofessionally. Well, right. I mean there's a great Carisu Hashimoto handheld match, which is I similarly not- like Carisu pulling his horse shit and then Hashimoto fucking massacring him in a real way. Like yes this is what I want, right? Like, you know, that's a great thing about Carisu is he'll get, you'll have a match like the, the, uh, Jato match where there's the, you know, the guy gets no offense and just gets brutally squashed. 
But you also have matches where he pulls that kind of bullshit about against a guy who's gonna fight back. Uh well so he I mean look. Carice, I'm like I'm I'm still skimming through a little bit of this here. And I Carice, like there's a moment where uh uh Goto hits like a like a pseudo styles clash. He like picks him up for a pile driver and then like f- flattens out face first. And you see Carisu like Carisu picks his legs up for it. Like he's cooperating with, like, he's not just sandbagging. That's the no, thing. No, no, he's a professional. He's a professional in his unprofessionalism. Yeah. It's really, it's, he's a fascinating guy. He's a really I mean, the thing is, I don't think anybody's in there in a Carisu match, not knowing what Carisu is going to do in a fucking Carisu match. I think Giotto didn't really know. Yeah, maybe Giotto didn't know. <laughs> but, but like Onita knows, right? Yeah, but like Onita, Onita, yeah. Onita knows, and yeah. Goto knows, and the Dragon Master's in there. You know, he's as fucking wild and out of control as, as Carisu. I mean, that's, this match, I think I said in the book, is, you know, why why I love it so much is it's basically Carisu and Carisu facing off against Carisu and Carisu. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, 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 brings them all there. He brings all... them all. We're going to, this is my. We're gonna play in my world in this match, and you guys are you guys up for that? And they're like, yeah, fuck it, we're up for it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, there's there's a singles between uh, Carisu. It's a, a barbed wire like you know double hell barbed wire boards in the floor match um, between. I think it's from February. I think it's a couple months before this, and it's Carisu singles versus uh, versus Onita, and it's got a similar uh, it's got a similar vibe to like most of the the Onita goto matches or whatever where it's like you know they build to some big spots there's some hard shots it's a big power bump finish or whatever um but it, it's like it's not like this like no. this this is like you know like you said this is the tupelo concession stand brawl this is this is all of the old southern shit i mean you know he even called it a, a texas street fight on his uh you know that's what the, the the announcer calls it um over the you know over the pa of corican like how many of those people know what a, a texas death match even is like I, I would assume maybe they announce the rules to these people because it's a really right. strange. Again, it's a very strange match type. Um, but no, it's it is sort of the uh, the opposite of the you know perceived FMW maximalist style with the you know the the no rope barbed wire double hell exploding landmine match. Where yeah, right, this is minimalist FMW yeah. as opposed to maximalist FMW. Yeah, um, I've got Onita. Fungus in the book, but there's also just an Onita Goto match, which is like this. Uh, this is my shit. This is my FMW shit. I love the grand spectacles too, but this is just you know, this is a, a I mean, the, god damn, I just look at a Carisu right now, just stomping Goto in the head with his cowboy boots, and it's like, <laughs> it's the best, yeah, it's the best. And I, I see my favorite thing about this, one of the favorite things about this match is you just know there's an alternative track version of this that is also just as awesome. Like, right now, I'm watching okay. Goto and Carisu beat the shit out of each other. But, you know, uh, Onita and Dragon Master are probably beating the shit out of each other in the, the somewhere else in the crowd. We don't still get to see it. You know so I mean? we've talked about this, like, on, on the show and Wrestling is Gross a few times where, uh, at, like, the, one of the first the, – the, First episode, I think we did like that Jin Kasai and Nick Mondo versus Johnny Cashmere and, and Justice Payne, the match where Jin Kasai like rips his arm off almost. Uh, famous match from Unf and Believable, of course. Shouts out to Eric. I don't think I ever saw that match. Shouts out to Eric Gargiulo, John House, John Sandig. Um, <laughs> the, uh, there is like a, there's, we, we just follow two of the guys the whole match, you know? There's like the, the, 
Powers of Pain versus Nick Gage and Jimmy Lloyd Black Label Pro show, the pro match where it was like, uh, I caught, you know, I, I'm really happy I'm watching Gage and Ming right now. I'm kind of curious what Barbarians are doing with Jimmy Lloyd over there. <laughs> you know, right. I would like to know. And then we watched uh, fucking Public Enemy versus the Nasty Boys from Super Brawl 96 on a recent one. And, uh, you know, Bischoff was just such a fucking visionary. <laughs> But no, they they do a split screen, so you get to see both guys like brawling, and then occasionally they like the the, you know, they'll converge, and it'll cut back to a single shot, and it's like, man, you guys like had it figured out for like a minute here, and then I guess nobody ever figured out how to do that again. Well, one of my favorite kind of like under the radar ROH matches, which is a match I was at live, was the group versus the Doghouse. Ever see that match? The group versus the Doghouse. I can't. Yeah. So it would have been like it would have been part of the homicide Carino. Is this Jack Carino and uh, and Dusty's in it? Okay, yeah, Um, we just covered this, and it's going to be on the next episode of the show. Oh, nice! Yeah, love that. Love that match. It was at that match live. Oh shit! Okay. Um and shot you out in it. Sorry, I didn't know. Me and uh, I think Tom K and maybe Marcel. I don't know. I I did see Tom, and I shouted him out. I must have just missed you. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So we're. We were at that show, and that's a classic match where, like, the video version of it's awesome. But I definitely know there were other... Because that was a match where they were just brawling different groups of people fighting in every part of and the arena. And more people coming in, like, throughout. Yeah, we yeah, spotted like, Jimmy bet. Jack Cash is in that match. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I bet. I mean, it really, it really was just, like, every random homicide guy, right? Like, I think Lathan yeah. was probably there. <laughs> I know I know there was a big... There's a big spot where, um, where Low Life Louie dresses up as the Midnight Rider... Is it Low Life Louie dressed up as the Midnight Rider? We couldn't yeah. figure out because he comes that, back later, but we never saw him unmasked on video. hundred percent Low Life Louie. Okay. You know what's funny? Low Life Louie has uh, no official Ring of Honor matches, but he's bled on two of the shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he bleeds. Cool. Yeah, Low Life Louie had a great, has a great, great little weird career. Yeah, he would have uh, been great in FM. You know, he would have been great in FM. Or oh, new now. Oh my God, a Carisi <laughs> would have killed him. Oh my god! Like, like Louis is the kind of guy who like just sits there and takes it. I mean, you know, all respect to Louis, but I you mean, know, <laughs> his career Carissa is. had a match in 2018. That's the is it, is it the Lucha Libre Carnival? Yeah, you said your buddy saw it. it yeah, my it friend was, was there. Yeah, I think I watched that. I think I've seen that yeah. match. It was it's Felino, Carrizo, and Okamura against Mano Negra, Solar, and Viado Four. <laughs> that's a maestro. Yeah, that's a bunch of maestros in there. You know, yeah. we all have referred to Carrizo for years as being El Maestro. So, yeah. So he's but a guy. Was... I mean, he's a guy who just awesome career and like little random shitty Japanese indies throughout the nineties. I'm sure he had a match in two thousand. 18's his last cage match match, but I I bet you there's definitely a match on a fucking tatami mat like last year. And like the <laughs> Yeah. Right? I mean there's no no way that Karisu isn't still wrestling. Well he's like he's wrestling in that little gym that like uh Keita Yano wrestled. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is Keita Yano versus the three two six? Is that in your book? I don't think it is. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Have uh, you seen that match? I I've seen some Yano. It's him fighting in a little room. I mean, I've seen some Yano in a in, in a room okay. matches for sure. I mean, the thing about uh, way the blade too. Yeah, the thing about uh, uh, you know there it definitely is like tons of shit happening at the back of pachinko parlors, right? There like is with stuff with, happening at the back of those parlors with like with like <laughs> name guys, right? Like Takiwa, you know, Fugo, Fugo works a lot of those things show up on YouTube. And you're like, yeah, man. 
yeah, Carissa might be working all those shows. Like, yeah, I mean, it feels silent partner, perhaps. I mean, it feels like it feels like that, or he's doing collections for yeah. the Yakuza. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I, I guess you said pachinko parlor. I, I like to imagine that he does like have like he owns like I, like he owns like one of the big Sega World. You know, he's like a franchise owner of a Sega World arcade. I guess those are all shut down because of fucking COVID. Yeah. Did, did pachinko die because of COVID? Know. That'd be a shame. I love, some, that, I love that casual gambling they have over there. <laughs> he has some incredible looking war matches. I know yeah. we're getting back into this. Nope. Yeah. What way of the blade uh, tradition of me just reading shit off of Cage Match, but including like a two match series. Uh, he had a oh no, sorry, it just looks like one match uh, that was restarted against Cinco Ramirez. Okay, sure. Uh, he's got he worked. I mean, he's some. He worked a singles against Dos Caras. Uh, uh, he worked. He worked Jericho in a singles. This he is worked what, like CMLL or what? No, nineteen eighty four War. Oh, and oh, okay, okay, yeah. He has a Norman Smiley singles in war. Uh, I don't know how that would work. <laughs> I mean, probably pretty well. Uh, we've got the, he's Smiley got a John Ten, he's got a John Tenta singles. He's worked John Tenta and John. Well, I've, I've reviewed him working John Tenta in a tag. It's really good. He's got a Peroth singles, Peroth Junior singles. That could be incredible, or or a nothing match on a throwaway match. It could be both of those things. But I could also like Cariso Peroth for the hair. Hair versus hair, hair versus mask, and like Monterey in '94 would be like one of the greatest things that we've ever seen. Because Peroth is also definitely a guy who will, you know, just fuck you up for for standing there in front of him. You know what I mean? You think Carisu would? Uh, you think he? You think he'd put up the hair? I think maybe he. I think the thing about Carisu is he's like a guy who seems like he if he if he shaves it off, it might never come back. That's true. I mean, he had, I, he had a, a long, weird New Japan run. Like after this FMW, right? Run. Yeah, like '94. Yeah, I've seen some of that. Yeah, so this is really good. He got his singles against Ayo Yagi, which I like a lot. Yeah, he's, he's the one that Shivant always told me to watch. This look at this. He's got tags. He's got a six man tag. Listen to this match where he's teaming with Benoit and Tiger Jeet Singh against Ayo Yagi, Koshinaka, and Fujinami. I mean. I mean, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many... I mean, that six-man tag of Carisu, Benoit, Jeet Singh... I mean, I think Benoit may have the least murders of the three guys on the tag team. <laughs> like, you're talking, like, talking about, the, talking about the, the tattooed tears uh, existing. In, I mean, there's, you get the sense Carisu probably... I mean, some... I don't know. Look, look, he might just be like a nice grandpa. He, like, maybe, maybe this is the only time he gets his kicks. You know, like <laughs> may, maybe like he's just a normal. Like, that's the thing about uh, any of these, especially these like old, like these like seventies, eighties Japanese wrestlers, where like I, I, I don't, I can't see any sensitivity in that face. But maybe you know, maybe he buys his mom flowers. You know, maybe. Yeah. I mean. Uh... So I mean, but what about but one of those guys is like there's every he's got all these matches a cage match. He's in a lot of battles. Two thousand in the nineties. Yes, two thousand one hundred and twenty four <laughs> matches on cage match. Let's do for Carissa. Well, he's probably been in twice that many actually, right? I mean, yeah. Oh sure. I mean they're not counting the pachinko parlor fist fights with Fugo Fugo that are happening yeah. right now. Um, That's and I would. I'm pretty sure they'll put that up there. Yeah. Every <laughs> single one of them. If you told me, if you told me. Is there a single one of these wait, that wait, I wait, wait, wait. to watch? He, he wrestled and he big mouth loud. Yeah, sure, of course. I think good, 
match with Big Mouth. That's on YouTube if you want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I bet it is. I was about to say, that seems... Worked right. a Destroyer a lot in 86? Yeah. Old Destroyer. That's cool. Yeah, old, kind of old Destroyer. Old Destroyer's fun. He's fun. He's a good guy. Okay. He's one of my best friends. Worked uh Listen listen to this, Ty. We're definitely in the, the listing things off cage. Listen to Harley Race and the One Man Gang against Killer Khan and Carisu. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Put that, put that in fucking yeah. Put that in Dallas. Like, worked a t- worked a Tom McGee singles. I bet your Tom McGee uh, is it McGee? Is it Magee? Is it McGee or is it? I always said McGee. Uh, maybe it's McGee. Like Bobby McGee. That, make, that, that makes more sense. Wait, is it McGee? Wait, is this guy's name Mick G? Is this the guy who directed Charlie's Angels? Yeah, it's Tom Mick G. Is that right? Definitely who it is. <laughs> but I mean, I'm kind of curious. Do you think your career? I mean, you know, the, there's obviously the famous Bret Hart match, blah blah blah. I worked uh, Tom and G a couple times. I bet Carisu uh, could work a, an as compelling match with a completely untrainable green muscle guy. Like the Carisu sure. match would be very different. Like the Carisu matches, he's going, he's losing. Like if he's losing to Tom Maji multiple times in '86, like he he is one hundred percent like sticking the his, the knuckle of his like middle his <laughs> yeah. ring finger in Tom Maji's eye. I mean, there's no way he yeah. doesn't kick that big goon in the temple really fucking hard. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do look at you look at Creasy's '87 and '88 in uh, All Japan. It is like it is a lot of him like just doing opening matches against Momota or like you know Yoshinaru Ogawa. Like, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of the the where he slotted in. He was the All Asia Tag Champion with Taranishi, the, the fucking IWE guy. Yeah, um, you but know, worked a t- couple Terry Gordy singles and Billy Robinson singles. I mean, there's some stuff. He seemed like he was he was like past his like they already viewed him as like uh, just throw him in there with whoever you know yeah he could wrestle this yeah he, have him wrestle the destroyer and then tomorrow he wrestles a green Kawada or whatever yeah. you know I think we have at least one of those Kawada matches on uh, yeah tape. yeah we yeah it really recently it's a good guy it's great yeah Kawada pre you know Footloose era Kawada uh, and singles matches it's like I mean you could see he's the fucking man I mean Kawada's my favorite of the he's my you know he's well, my man. he's my guy from the four but yeah me I, too. I, I I look't those 87 matches and 86 like singles matches and I I I almost can't even I mean you know it's clearly him I know that's Kawada but I, like I can't imagine him reaching the highs that he does like just a couple years later and, and but uh, I mean I think you can see the Carisu match I mean the thing about Carisu I haven't uh, seen that so I can't see it, it. it's worth watching not very long um we I think we reviewed it in student Kennedy like a couple weeks ago too so it's easy to find if you search back our, our page. Probably why I, mean, I know it exists. Okay. But the thing about Carisu um, is that he's going to, you're either going to, he's going to do what he does and either you're going to match it or you're going to take it. Right. I mean, it's one of the two, right? You're either going to, it's a, this is a test of you and either you're going to go ahead and uh, match what he's going to de- deliver and come at him or you're going to, be run over like uh, like uh, Jada was, right? Or and you see it sometimes in these tags, which is like guys are like, I don't even know what's going on. Nobody who trained me told me that that somebody's going to punch me like this. And then there's guys <laughs> like you know the guys in this match are Nita and Goto and Hashimoto when he wrestled them, where it's like, yeah, man, fuck it, let's go. I'm gonna we're doing that. I'm gonna drop you on your head as hard as I can. I'm gonna kick you in your chest. And Kawada is a guy who you know even a young Kawada. 
you're going to extend that challenge to him, he is going to respond in kind. Yeah. Well, he always, (laughs) you know, you could have done that to a 12 year old Kawada and he would have like, it's in him. He would have kicked back for sure. Um, I think Karisu does get something sort of unlocked when he gets to FMW. I think Onita kind of taps into that because he does. I mean, I wish he always wrestled in the fucking jeans, the jeans and the, yeah. and the button down shirt. I like when, great. Look. This is the first time I ever saw him too. Cause I saw this, this was uh, like a mega upload file, like an AVI mm-hmm. file in, uh, I guess PWO match folder, or maybe it was the death Valley driver matches, matches everywhere. Uh, sub forum in like 2010 somebody had posted just a ton of individual mega upload links it might have been you know that guy lenny or one of those freaks punk p-u-n-q fucking psychos (laughs) shuts up um and i you know i guess the next time i saw karisu i was a little disappointed that he was just in black trunks um but he is a shit kicker and i i I think you know I, i would love to know if you know you've probably watched as much war as anybody else or whatever like 93 94 war i want to know the one specific war performance where he is in a tag with like um i'm just gonna scroll through and see if i can spot it like i just like yeah i want to see him stiff a really old like animal hamaguchi and hamaguchi like not being prepared but then stepping up you know i mean all of those all of those war matches are great because it's all that kind of guy that's a little little older than they should be for to be Doing this, right. and they're always they're always cracking each other. I mean, Animal from Hamaguchi's not going to let you fucking stiff him, right? The guy's an Olympic right wrestler. Back. Yeah, that's it. like that would be awesome. <laughs> um, but like, uh, yeah, all right. He goes ten minutes with Ultimo Dragon. Like he he in, in Cork and Hall uh, loses to Ultimo Dragon. Like I want to know, does he kick him in the mouth? And what does Ultimo Dragon do then? You know? I don't think Karisu does not modulate what he does. Yeah. He does what he does. And he's a guy, so he's, so he's a new, early New Japan. I mean, I'm looking back to the beginning. He's like, starts his career in 72 in New Japan, where he's like in the undercard, like undercard New Japan guy, where he's working a ton of little Hamada. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, and Fujinami and Fujiwara. Like he's a junior, right? Like, yeah, all those yeah. guys are juniors, like rookie juniors, yeah. Yeah, I can just imagine, man, like, I can't imagine him as a junior. Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, how would he maybe work like Kamada like twenty times yeah. in like the early seventies? What were the what in God's name did those matches look like? <laughs> I mean, so he is like again in my head, he is an old man. So right. if I think about him like back then, you know, it's like uh, I, I can't I can't think of somebody specific, but like you know somebody who just feels like like they were. You ever meet a guy who's like twenty two and you're like, oh, you're a fucking grandpa, right? Sure. Uh, you act like a grandpa. You you throw a kick like a grandpa, and I'm really afraid that you're gonna like you know. Well, Fujiwara <laughs> is obviously the other classic example of that. And they sure. these, are, these are guys who they they squared off a ton in the mid seventies. That's an old face. Always. Yeah. 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 It's a good voice. Worked I don't out. know. Looks like he got. Be- Squashed a bunch by the Maguire twins, uh, and like handicap matches, like you Shibata's know, dad and some other guys we've heard of, Arakawa, bunch of guys like they ran a bunch of times where those guys are getting sat on by the Maguire twins. I mean that uh, rocks, you know, like yeah, that's that totally so, okay. So yeah, he's he's the, so he's the third with Eigen and, and Little Hamada. That's insane to me. I can't. I mean, he's like a tall guy. Right, I mean, he's kind of. I don't know. I don't, I just, I just, well, he seems tall, tall, he's taller than he... he's taller than Tarzan Goda. He's five nine, so he's not yeah. actually, taller <laughs> oh. than Tarzan Goda, who is like, uh, you know, a 
about as tall as my wife. Uh, yeah, 49 years of in-ring experience. It is crazy. I, I, I do like to imagine that he's still out there, you know? Oh, in, my in, gosh. In so, hold on a second. I, I know this is... I, is this compelling uh, podcast? Somebody shoot me a text if me uh, reading Cage Match next week something that's interesting to people. But he worked Ivan Gomes a bunch in the, in the 70s, who is like, what if, who's your like... Um, Can't say I'm familiar. So Ivan Gomes is one of your early Luta Libre Brazilian mixed oh, martial cool. arts fighters. Okay. Uh, who I guess worked some in Japan. I mean, we found one Ivan Gomes match in Brazil against on a New Japan show, which we reviewed a while ago. It wasn't compelling outside of a weird thing that exists. But Ivan Gomes, your guy, all have who a different f- style fight, but sometimes yeah, they, they aren't that good. You know? Right? Is the guy who fought a uh, guy who uh, fought like Gracies and things like that. <laughs> so, Insane. Worked up. And, and then was in Mexico a couple years ago wrestling in sweatpants at the age of 71. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, you know, if you look at his cage match, I mean, where, where that's from is, I mean, he had a UWA run in 79. <laughs> in 79, he was in Mexico, um, which is why I guess he's a legend of Lucha Libre because he worked the MLL. He was in Mexico, it looks like, from 79 to 81, um, working, uh, you know, he worked a, like a. St- a uh, Felipe uh, Ham Lee singles <laughs> worked Doral Dixon in a light heavyweight tournament. <laughs> worked Hamada worked his old friend Little Hamada a couple times for the UWA World uh, Light Heavyweight Title. They showed uh, him how it was done. Yeah, worked a Paulo Dantes. Uh, worked a bunch of you know sick trios, obviously. So he's a guy who had you know a couple two year. I mean, the, I mean that's the thing is there's not there's like you know twelve matches listed, but it looks like he was in Mexico from. March uh, seventy nine through uh, through you know February uh, eighty one. So they no. list fifteen Look. matches. He probably worked one hundred and fifty, two hundred, three hundred matches. Right? Striga does a nice job on his little website. Uh, <laughs> it is the world's biggest cage. That is, there's no denying that. But there's no way that Creasy wasn't working twice or thrice daily <laughs> while he was in Mexico in nineteen seventy nine. He was no, making hundred percent. And so we, yeah, what twelve listed? I bet I bet he wrestled uh, probably a hundred times. Yeah, maybe more than twelve. <laughs> three like twenty-five yeah. or something like that. Oh yeah, oh, God. I mean, you know, you know, yeah. If he worked uh, a tag where he's tagging with Coloso Colosetti against El Solitario and Tenebles on <laughs> on uh, you know April thirteenth, nineteen eighty. But like, like you tell me, he was just in Mexico for a month before his next. Uh, tag match with Cesar Valentino and Astro Galafagani. No, he's worked. He worked. Uh, you know, April fourteenth and fifteenth, and twice on the sixteenth, and more somewhere else on the seventeenth. We no doubt, right? Maybe, maybe that's when he went back to Japan for for like you know his dad's birthday or something. You know, his sister was in the hospital. <laughs> right, you know, there's, there's we no, don't have data on that. I mean, there's no Japanese results from them, so it wasn't like he was touring. It really looks like he was just in. He lived in Mexico for a little. Lived in Mexico for a long time, so, so that's got to be. I mean, obviously, there's not a ton of '79 UWA on tape, but I think there's literally none. <laughs> yeah, right. I think there's right. literally absolutely none. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, but you know, we just so, had to meet some old Mexican guy who like might remember, you know. But I'm intrigued to see how we would work at a, like a like how does how does his thing slot into a trios match. Well, I mean, I again, I mean, you know, another fucking thing to go on. But I think the the modern Mexican trio s- sort of uh, style does really start to emerge in the like the the mid '80s, you know, with the the Vianos and the 
you know, the Brazos and all like the, the, the style of like cooperative teamwork and stuff. Like, I, I think that that stuff didn't really exist as fluidly. So I think maybe he's part of like an older version of, you know, dudes just punching each other. At least that's how I, that's how I imagine him. I mean, he's not doing, uh, you know, uh, to Harris or, uh, you know, uh, a victory role. Maybe he's doing a victory role. Yeah. I, uh, so, I mean, I, there's more when you search him on Lucha database. God. More stuff. Yeah. Cubs fans, you know, he's, he's, he's more, more up on it. Yeah. Uh, then, then, uh, another, uh, another fine website. <laughs> yeah, another great website. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so it's a, guy, it's a guy with an incredible career. I imagine it's still happening. And like you know, I've never seen a crazy match where I'm like, ah oh, man, I, as a waste of eleven minutes. Because at the worst, he's going to do something where you're like, oh, this motherfucker. And it's usually in eleven minutes or less. Like it's, yeah, he does it. I mean, I don't know how long. Uh, some of those war tags are probably longer. I'm sure. I don't know how long this Anibal Fishman. Uh, Caesar uh, Valiento Carisu hair match was. Oh yeah, that one. I think that one went like thirty five. Yeah, that might have gone. Pretty a while. sure I heard that that and but it was four and a quarter. Yeah. That's what I heard. So <laughs> one point he teams with Satan. Ah, I've done that. Also, <laughs> we've all we've all had a night where we <laughs> teamed with Satan. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it, it is an incredible career. Um, I feel like you're going to talk about you know Goto and Onita plenty on other shows. So. I got yeah. nothing to say. They're, you know, they're my guys. They're my the, best friends. The, the, they're the best. They're the goddamn best. And this is another example of how great they are. And I, I, I love, I love Arena Rock Onita. Mm. But I love Small Club Onita too. Yeah. I, and this right. is more that than, than, you know, this isn't him playing Live Aid. You yeah. know what I mean? This but is you know him. what? You know what also works is like, uh, uh, like Crazy Heart Onita, you know? I, I haven't actually seen that film, but I'm assuming that, you know, <laughs> modern, I'm assuming that modern Onita, like 2021 Onita is akin to Jeff Bridges and Crazy Heart. Yeah, I mean, that seems like an appropriate, <laughs> I imagine, and I imagine, I, I mean, him and Tremont, I'm probably going to be great, even though oh, he's, even I though know. he's 20 years past his, 25 years past his prime, 30 yeah, years Tremont past his Yeah, Tremont is about 25 years past his <laughs> But Tremont's going to care, right? Tremont is going to do everything he I can. I think Onita cares. I think, I think I think he loves. He wouldn't be coming here. Like they, he's made such a big deal out of this. You know, I, I think Onita loves America, um, and I think he he's excited to to bring uh, the the proper explosion death match to America. That was the whole thing, you know. Is do that you, your friend Tony Khan fucked it up? So Onita had to come and show him how it's yeah. done. Do you do you love America? Uh, like no, you? not no, a you. fan. <laughs> Not a fan. Not a big fan of this institution that we. I know. I know Anita does. I know you're yeah. not as big on it, but you know whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That's all We're right. We're not going to end with your catchphrase on on the way of the blade pot. I I am trying to be a little more mainstream than the thing you do. That's okay. I snuck it in earlier. You were you were talking, but I snuck it in. <laughs> okay. Uh, good luck cutting that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think I think he's gonna come and he's gonna. I think it's gonna be good. People always joke like, "Oh, Anita's gonna come and big dog, tr- you know, Tremont. He's gonna ask for more money or whatever." And people like want things to fail so badly. And I love Onita, and I love Matt Tremont, and I love New Jersey, um, and I'm a big fan of the Hustle, uh, Hardcore Hustle organization, H2O Wrestling. Not actually, but I, I think the name is really funny. So, um, I, I want mean, to- he might big time Tremont, and that's fine. If you're going to big time, so if you're, if you're gonna big time, he's no, a big no. time enough to big time somebody, right? 
Yeah, but it's he's not. We're not talking about Deej, you know. We're talking like Tremont's like a good dude. He's trying like Tremont's whole deal is that you know he's trying to fucking build uh, stars for the future. I mean, a lot of his students are kind of shitty, but like he's he's got a school, he's got a vision, he's got an idea, um, and he wants to wrestle more time against the fucking the fucking man, you know. Um, I'm excited. I hope it goes off really well. It's uh, eleven days from now, right, or ten days, something like that. So, I guess it would be nine from we're putting this out uh, Thursday. Um, oh, this is, oh I, I, I was actually thinking this was going to come out like way later. So I, I, I was <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, the, 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 the reason I pulled you last minute was because I needed to get something out tomorrow. So this is right. this is right. I'm doing a 24 hour turnaround. So if you got some, if you have, if you have like, okay. uh, if you want to plug a podcast that's coming out next week, or you got, you know, some club dates. At, if, if you're at the, if you're at Ch- okay. the Chuckle Hut in in uh, in Madison, Wisconsin this weekend. I'm only uh, doing outdoor shows still. Uh, okay, you got yeah. to have vaccine proof of vaccine. Um, no, um, I, I uh, don't believe in any of this. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I have a podcast. The name is uh, wrestling is gross. And uh, we have, a, it's a three hour uh, uh, gay uh, communist wrestling podcast. <laughs> no, um, it's a three hour podcast. Uh, podcast about it was originally about death matches and then uh i don't know the destroyer died and we we're like well what if we did an episode on the destroyer um and then it you know it became a, just a three-hour podcast about whatever so if you have three hours which i know phil you listen you've you've listened to not every episode most episodes right I've definitely listened to every episode i've been on you listen to every episode the that i've been on that you've that you've been on <laughs> yes Hundred percent of the hundred percent of the episodes that I have been on, and I listen to them and go, "God, I am funny." Uh, and then you, you know, but that's what they say: you miss one hundred percent of the shows that you're not on. So, yes, exactly. Um, I uh, touching at touching blood on Twitter is the podcast account. I'm at very underscore tall underscore man on Twitter. Don't follow me, uh, but follow the podcast uh, at touching blood uh, because sometimes you touch blood and sometimes blood touches you. Uh, Instagram. Wrestling is gross. I don't know. And then my wife's making t-shirts. Um, I got to make a bit.ly or something. Um, I can't think of the fucking... I'll, you link it for me, all right, Phil? Yeah, I'll link it for you, sure. <laughs> link it in the link. Um, and, respond, uh, respond to the thing on Twitter. Tell you yeah. how your wife get to make t-shirts. Yeah. You, you got kids. You know, it's a struggle, got, struggle like in 2021. You gotta, we gotta, everybody's got to hustle, right? I'm going to plug my kids. Okay. Um, uh, the one is doing like double stomps off the, he's like trying to jump on me and do like a, I'm trying to show him how to do it like Kevin Sullivan style, but he keeps doing like a Finn Balor thing. And I'm like, no kid, no. <laughs> um, and, uh, I just like, also like to say, um, uh, like death to WWE. Um, uh, Tony Khan, uh, now one, one degree of separation, uh, since we've both been guests on this podcast. Um, I love what you do. I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> And uh, I just want to say that uh, D- Daniel Garcia versus CM Punk, great match. Uh-huh. That's my last plug. <laughs> That's your last plug? All right. Well, thank you, uh, Buddy, for coming on last minute, switching matches last minute. No prep. That I, was, I was the like, hard part. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. We're not doing that. You do something else. We have, there's some miscommunication. So we, but this was a perfect match for us to talk about a little bit and a lot about other things, which is kind of the motto of this podcast. Everyone, go buy the book. Uh, if you haven't bought the book on Amazon, I don't can't imagine you've listened to this whole goddamn podcast and still haven't decided to buy the book. But if you haven't, please buy the book. I 
suspect there are people who would like this book who does not do not know it exists. So if you know anybody you think might might fit that profile, uh, let them know, and we will be back next week with another episode of Wave the Blade.